All right, we're going to turn to a time of, of uh, God's Word here and sharing. And, and today, this is my, this is my first, uh, first time back in the saddle here. Uh, so I can't guarantee anything. So who knows what's going to come out here this morning? No. I'm excited to be back together with, with y'all. And to, today, uh, uh, my, my heart, my desire is to try to bring you along in what the Lord has done in me over the last three months. This is really a tale of kind of two, two journeys and two stories. There's, there's the, the journey of all of our different destinations, that this wild circuit of um, all over the United States and world travels, and we'll walk through that. But then there's a, another journey that was happening alongside of this crazy world hopping that we went through. It was a journey of the soul. As we started off with uh, uh, our, our destinations, we, we first started off up north, and uh, we went and we visited uh, some great friends, Wally and Susan Johnson, and of course, you have to see the largest Paul Bunyan in the world uh, while you're up north. Makes you feel really small. I have to say, it wasn't pretty, but uh, it was big. The Lord... Uh, the Lord began a great work up there, just that opportunity, the isolation of, of sorts, of the solitude, to just begin reflecting and going deeper with him. At this time, the boys, uh, while we were up north, they went to camp. And, the, and a big part of our boys' journey was, was working at camp and becoming servants of God uh, at Camp Shamanaw. And I don't know if you can see Xander in the middle there. He doesn't stand out at all. He was having such a great time. It was so awesome to see God's work and our boys through camp and serving the kingdom. And, uh, and, and just, I don't know if you've noticed, but Xander's grown up and he is just, he's a, he's a good looking guy and, and on the inside and out. And uh, it's, uh, it has been neat to see God use Camp Shaman. How many of y'all went to Camp Shaman all this summer? I know adults went too. Yeah, we had a lot. It was a really powerful, exciting time. So excited and blessed by the ministry of camp to, to continue to grow us and to have fun doing it. Well, the boys were at camp. Uh, Jane and I had the privilege of being able to go up north to Alaska. And we were really blessed to be able to experience God's beauty up there. And we were, the intention of that trip was to visit some missionaries that we sent out a, a year and a half ago. Many, some of you might remember Tom and Nancy Armstrong. They were doing mission aviation repair ministry up there. And I got to come alongside Tom, Jane and I got to come alongside Tom and Nancy and to see their ministry and the, and the necessity of what God is doing, of using uh, 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 aviation to get kids and people to experience the gospel and to hear the word of God. Their camps up there are, 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 are different than ours because they may be the only, only time and only space in which kids or people hear God's word and hear about Jesus Christ. And so it's a powerfully heavy ministry and significant and alaska they call it the bush and they call it that for a reason i mean it's hairy up there guys like it doesn't stop raining they call it a temperate rainforest and you see you got this like contrast of like you got snow and then like it's just vegetation everywhere it's like hawaii and our antarctica somehow mixed together and uh it's just thick up there so you can't there are very few roads and, 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 and it seems like more people own planes 
or just as much people own planes as they do cars just to get around in Alaska. And so these planes are a significant part of the ministry. Tom here in this picture, they're actually working on completely refabricating a plane for a ministry partner who runs supplies to churches and to pastors throughout Alaska. These, this ministry is absolutely essential. The neat thing about being up there and visiting Tom and Nancy was to hear that they're thriving. We, we, we were able to see just their health directly as we spent time with them. And I spent time with, with their pastor and I spent time with their, with Tom's boss and just hearing that the, 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 the phrase was, they were made for this. So cool to hear that. And, and, and they, and they were, uh, we also explored the possibility of maybe we might do a small, uh, a short term mission trip up to Alaska. And so I'm excited to explore and pray about with you guys about what God might do and lead us in the next year or the years to come. And who knows, maybe some of you will be up in Alaska in a year ministering with the Lord just, uh, just for a little bit though. You know, we've got to come back. I came back, so you have to come back. So after Alaska, we went back to Nebraska and you don't have any pictures because there's nothing to see in Nebraska. Uh, sorry, we got some friends from Nebraska here today. It's the people. The people are great. My family's there. I love them. Um, we spent some time with family, and, and, and it's a unique thing. You need to understand that we've been here for 12 years. Jane and I, we just celebrated our anniversary of 12 years here at Grace Community Church. And uh, we've been away from family for 15 years. You are our family. We don't get to go back home very often. It's about two, every two to three years or more that we get to go back to my parents. You're our family. And that was a, a, a thing that the Lord uh, made, made well aware to my heart that uh, um, the, the beautiful thing about coming back is that we're coming back to family. You are our family. From Nebraska, we went to Colorado. And, oh, I, I've got to step back here. Tom, to minister to Tom and Nancy, um, they, they expressed that they, had, uh, they needed me to make them bacon, to minister to their tummies as well as their souls. And so I'd never made bacon before, but we had fun for the very first time taking their pork belly and turning it into bacon. And this is what beautiful bacon looks like. It's, it was delicious. We did not have slices of bacon. We had bacon steaks. Just so you know, and so they were they were they were ministered to. Tom and Nancy were were blessed both in tummy as well in soul when we when we left them. Well, from Alaska, uh, we were on our way. This is what Nebraska looks like, by the way. You see, uh, it wouldn't be a, a barber family summer trip without ending up on the side of the road somewhere. And uh, so we we uh, we we dropped an alternator uh, on the interstate and. Uh, and you know what? God just shows up. And it's such a beautiful opportunity to see how he takes care of you. We're on the way to a wedding, and he provided the, the transportation, a car rental, 30 minutes before they were closing. They gave it to us at a great rate. And then somebody ended up paying our $2,700 auto mechanic bill. It was amazing. We were, we were super blessed and surprised. Yeah, God is so good. So on our way to Nebraska, or, uh, Colorado here, 
Um, we went out there to visit a, a Bible school and to rest there. It's a group uh, called Race Creation um, with a ministry called Torchbearers. And we just spent our time, time out there just enjoying God's creation, just, just letting our, our minds be blown by God's power. You, you know, it's really, really good to feel small. Have you noticed that? Like, it's so profound. And there's something really necessary even for our souls to feel small. In order to, 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 to have that realization, that knowledge of that I'm so insignificant, and yet the God who made this mountains, that's Long's Peak up there, over 14,000 feet high, just jagged edges, just absolute beauty, the God who made that made me, and he loves me, and he pursues me. So good for the soul. Not only did we get to see mountains, but we got to go on top of a mountain. This is Mount Bierstadt. And we got above 14,000 feet. Even my wife, Jane, she made it. She did it. It was awesome. So proud of her in that, that experience. But you know you can't stay on the mountaintop, right? This is about how Nacho felt about our whole trip. Poor guy. Just exhausted. Super cute. You can't stay on the mountaintop. As much as we'd like to, as much as we try to keep those experiences in our heart and our soul, right? We do that. We, we, we love these profound moments that we have in life, but they're not enough. They don't last, do they? The thing that you're going to find in today's message as I share about the spiritual journey, the personal journey, is the only thing that is sufficient, the only thing that satisfies is Jesus Christ. These experiences remind us, they should point us to that. We want to hold on to these things. We keep thinking, if I can go back, if I, if I can just get to this place, if I can just have this happen in my life, if we can just get our finances here, if we can just get our relationships here, then everything will be good and everything will be, be okay. And I'll be satisfied and I'll be whole, I'll be full. And it never happens, right? The only destination that satisfies, the only experience that satisfies, the only person that satisfies is Jesus Christ. These good things we experience point us to the lasting thing. They're just appetizers, right? Most of us don't order appetizers for a meal. Some of us do. Especially it's like deep fried, like that sampler. Like that's pretty good sometimes, guys doesn't satisfy though right from colorado god uh uh uh, gave us the opportunity uh we went back to nebraska again we're not talking about that um and eventually we went to um the philippines and some of you might be wondering like why did you go to the philippines like what's the big deal about the philippines uh our son xander is Filipino. And we had the privilege of bringing Xander uh, into our family. And God gave us the gift of having Xander be part of our family five and a half years ago. And we went to the Philippines then to, to, to welcome Xander. And uh, the Lord opened the door for us to go back. And, and this is really special uh, for, for Xander because this is, his, this is a big part of who he is and his life. He spent nine and a half years growing up. And uh, so, of course, we had to have the food. And what you're looking at here is called halo halo in uh, Tagalog, which means mix-mix. It's a mixture of everything. There's black beans. There's pinto beans. There's corn. There's sweet potato ice cream and 
and, and, and banana and coconut and jellies. And like, it's a mixture. It's a whole meal. This is like the premier dessert in the Philippines. You speak of hollow hollow and every you know, Filipinos know all about hollow hollow. It is, it is the best. We loved the food there. We enjoyed the food, but we most importantly got to experience Xander's world. We, we toured some of the, the culture and, and we went to his hometown, Naga City in the Philippines, in the, in the main island called Luzon. And we got to walk with Xander through memories and, and parts of his life and his past. And, and, and for, to, to, to walk with him in such a way to, that he, he experiencing God with him and healing and restoration in his life. Where, where, where the past, some of you know this and some of you experience this even today. You know where the past has power over you in the present? Where it, has, it owns you. Where it gets into your mind, it gets into your soul, and, and it has more power over, over your choices and over, over what you feel and how you live. And, and to see the past no longer have power over Xander, but merely be a part of Xander's story. It was so cool to see the work that God was doing in Xander and continue to do. It was a privilege to be there. And of course, after going through some of the heart work and the heavy work, we got had the privilege of enjoying a little R&R at uh, an island resort. I know, I'm rubbing, I'm kind of just really rubbing your face in it. We suffered through this uh, for the glory of Jesus. Um, and uh, for your sake, we were thinking of all of you and praying for you as we encountered God's glory and beauty. And again, we were just overwhelmed. God is an amazing God, the diversity and creativity. We, we were blessed to be on mountaintops, and then also to go to the bottom of the ocean. We had the opportunity to do a scuba experience, and, and, and I wish, friends, that I had the words to describe the colors, the, all that I saw on the coral reefs and the fishes and, and, and the shapes and sizes and the color combinations of the fishes and the, the vividness of the, of the color. Your, your mind is like just is this pleasure overload. And, and the, the scuba divers, the teachers tell you, like, just beware of, like, you're, you're going to have these jaw-dropping moments, and you're going to, like, suck in salt water. And, like, this is how you deal with that so you don't drown and die on us. All right? Because that would be a bad day, right? You do. You're just in awe of the immense beauty. And I, I wish it was I had adequate words but once again, I was reminded that these powerful moments, these experiences, they're like, I just wish I could stay here, are fleeting. They're, 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 they're not meant to be places where we stay and we live our lives. They're meant to point us to something greater. Because our circumstances change, right? Nothing is guaranteed in this life. Nothing. Everything is fleeting except one thing, Jesus Christ, the rock. As we went through this physical journey, um, you can, this was a little bit of what was underneath the sea. That's a squid there, and uh, it's grilled squid. By the way, that was delicious. I really thought I needed to share this with you guys because the food was amazing, including the squid. Uh, so I'll just, we'll just keep moving on from there, but... Uh, 
It's a little picture of one of the sunsets there. And this was Nacho again after we came home. And so he was a bit exhausted by our travels. It's kind of how Jane talked about She was like, oh, Lord, not again, Scott. Don't take me on that many trips. I was energized. I came back. I was excited. But uh, we're going we're gonna to make sure we attend to Jane's needs next time as well. Well, that outward journey was just a means for God facilitating a deeper work in, uh, in me. Uh, Dan shared last week about going through the book of Jeremiah. Uh, and, and this summer, I was reading through that on, on my uh, sabbatical. In fact, the Lord used a variety of different things, in particular, to, in this journey, this personal journey inward, and, and really a journey towards Him. Uh, reading scripture. Scripture is so p- profound and so powerful. Friends, we've got to, we need the word. We need the word in our lives. It's so significant for our soul. It just feeds us the truth and encounter, leads us to encountering Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I was reading Jeremiah. And if you read the book of Jeremiah, I've read through it many, many times. But something hit me profoundly this time as I was walking through the book of Jeremiah. And, 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 and Jeremiah is a, a prophet of God. And he's just calling out Israel, the God, God's people, on their sin over and over and over. I mean, it's like 30 chapters. It's just nonstop about their sinfulness and, and their need to turn back to the Lord. And how they've turned to, to making good things of the world, of uh, 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 the pleasures of this world, and making them into gods and turning to the other things of this world, the other g- handmade gods and idols that, that, uh, of other countries, to worship them and not the one true God. And over and over is this call and, and this, this, this correction of come back to the Lord. Look at your sin. The God is going to bring judgment upon you. And I'm reading through this and it's, just, it's like this hammer just keeps getting hit. Over and over, every day, and I'm just like feeling like, oh, this is a bit uncomfortable, God. I'm kind of getting tired of this. And I was made aware of my own personal numbness to the conviction of God, to the presence of the Holy Spirit, to the holiness, the perfection of God. And it began to hit me. I read, I read a particular passage in John Jeremiah 14, 7. And this became my prayer through the sabbatical. Though our iniquities, it's another term for sin. Though our iniquities testify against us. Lord, act for your namesake. Indeed, our rebellions are many. We have sinned against you. What stuck out to me about Jeremiah praying this. Jeremiah is not just... He's praying this for all of Israel, the nation of Israel. And he's praying this for himself. And he's, and he's saying, God, I, I know about our sin. Do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Your judgment, bring your fire. You need to cleanse us. You need to, you need to remove things from our lives in order to make things right. Do whatever it takes. It's a courageous prayer. What it revealed to me was two things. Is one, Jeremiah knew that God is a good God. And that whatever God would do in acting for their sin, for our sin, is good. 
He doesn't seek to harm us for some kind of pleasure. He's not sadistic. He's not some kind of cosmic cop trying to catch us doing wrong or, or, or some, some angry judge just looking to, to just react and wield his pain upon us. No, he's good. And second is, I have the tendency to try to avoid being convicted of my sin. I have the tendency to indulge in things in this life that, that, that would numb me. Whether it's, whether it's busyness, whether it's comfort, whether it's even, uh, 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 you know, just simple things as entertainment. You know, our, our technology these days, it's, it, it can be good, but most of the time we use it and it numbs our soul. And we become callous and indifferent and we don't have time listening. Like we sang today, we're being in the presence of the Holy Spirit and letting him do work in our hearts to convict us of sin, but cleanse us. Once again, oftentimes when we talk about how this language of sin, it's all, it begins to feel all this weight and we get, get heavy and, and, and all we focus on is this shame. Like, I'm a bad person. I'm, God hates me. I'm, I'm wretched. And look at, all, look at all that I have wrong in my life. And we, and we feel like there's only these options. I got to numb myself so I can just live or I'm stuck in this black hole, a pit of self-hate. And that's not true. That's not God's intentions. And I came under this, this, this weight of, of, Lord, do what it would you have to in me. And he began to expose, why was I over-functioning? Why did I have poor boundaries with my work and, 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 and home life? Why, why was, was I experiencing sexual temptation, temptation for pornography that I hadn't experienced for 25 years? What is going on inside of me? And the Lord began to take me deeper. What I found in this time is opening my heart to trust him. He is good. And lowering my defenses. I began to see more and more just the, 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 the goodness and, and kindness of our Lord. You, you see... Y'all saw Nacho in the pictures there, our dog, our corgi, right? He's super cute, right? Nacho will sometimes get caught up in his leash outside and, and it'll get wrapped around his leg or something. And, and he's in a bad way and he needs help to get out of the bad situation that's, that's hurting him, actually. When we come to approach Nacho, he turns... He... I'm trying to help, like, set him free. I'm trying to help him get out of this painful situation. But in his pain, he has fear in his heart. And he looks at me as I'm going to attack him. He needs to protect himself. And he goes into protection mode. And he snarls. And he, and he gets real ugly. And I have to be very clear and patient. If I get loud with him, he's just going to get try to get bigger. As He's a small dog, but he has a little dog syndrome. So he tries to get real big. <laughs> and being gentle to remove that around, that, 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 the leash that he's caught up in that's, that's causing him pain and causing him suffering. 
And that's our Father. The things that, what, what He's doing with conviction in our hearts and our lives, friends, convicting us of, of, of the, the sin, the self centeredness, the fear, the lies that we believe and we, we, we reinforce, what He's doing in convicting us isn't to harm us. That's what we tend to fear. We, we think he's shaming me and, and he's part of the pain and, 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 and I got to protect myself from him. So we numb ourselves. We turn away from, we hide. We don't want to see our sin. But he's trying to set us free. Friends, his, his work of conviction in us is to heal us. His work of conviction in us is for freedom. As the Lord took me deeper in looking upon myself, this became a reality that we, this isn't just something I need in my life. Of letting the Lord continue to have his way and all access to me to, to, to examine my heart and life. This isn't just for me. This is for all of us. This is something lacking in our lives. We lack a knowledge of God's goodness. We lack this powerful movement in our lives of his grace and love. We lack a being grounded in an identity that can be unshaken and moved because we are afraid of him. We protect ourselves from him. And, 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 and we don't let ourselves see ourselves for the brokenness that we have, but see him and his love for us that defines us, not our sin. He defines you. He defines me. I had to go through the depths to experience this for myself. Psalm 139 is this prayer that I invite us all to pray. Lord, search me and know me. You can go to the next slide. Know my heart. Test me. And know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. This is a simple prayer. I invite you to memorize this. Just pray this every day. This is a great prayer. Just trust in the Lord. He has more for you. He has more freedom. That involves addressing things that we kind of are afraid of letting go of. As the Lord took me deeper into my brokenness, all I could see as I looked in the mirror was my brokenness. Through the time of our, of, our, of our sabbatical, it gave me enough time to get to the depths. And, I, and the Lord gave me the grace. He enabled me to, to be able to go through some counseling. Jane and I were going through some marriage counseling. Uh, um, variety of books that the Lord used to help as well in addition to his word. And, and journaling. Guys, journaling is so profound and so good for the soul. And I was faced with and encountering with looking at my soul and seeing my anxiety, which came from, from people pleasing, my, my distrust of God and, and, and looking at, I'm, I've got to be God. I've got to take care of, 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 of God's people I, and my, my poor boundaries and not having any margin. Like I'm on the texting and, and, and being available to people in every way, shape or form and not leaving any margin. You know, you can take this phone wherever you want it to go with it. And you know what I mean by that. You have no, no space coming from the sense of, 
of distrust in God. This, this, and this need for affirmation and, and approval from y'all and for others. The pressure that I mentioned, it, it, the, the pressure in my life was, was building up uh, and, and, and creating this, the, the, the temptation sexually that I had experienced for, for years. I found out that, that, that I had, as much as I was trying to avoid the success trap, I, I had been seduced and brought into to, to anchoring my identity in, 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 in the results in people's lives, in outcomes. Anchoring my identity in, in what I do. And, and, and I, my heart was stirred with jealousy. Jealous of other pastors. Jealous of other churches. Comparing myself. And stuck in shame and, 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 and with this imposter syndrome that, that maybe, maybe my church family, maybe they're actually going to find out who the real Scott Barber is. They're going to find out that I, I'm not enough. That, that I've overstayed my welcome. I don't have what it takes. And I was stuck. Like, like David was praying to God in Psalm 51. He says, my, I'm, for I'm conscious of my sin. My sin is ever before me. And I was stuck in this place. And all I could see was my brokenness, my sin, my weakness. And, and, and these messages of inadequacy were profoundly just gnawing at my soul. I don't have what it takes. I don't know if I can come back. I had these thoughts as, as pastor. I, I don't know if, I don't know, I especially don't know if they want me back. I'm not good enough. I, I can't continue to do this pastor thing. Or at least the lead pastor thing. When I couldn't handle the insecurity and inadequacy anymore, I'd shift and, and I'd go back to this, the, 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 this other way of responding to myself and again, looking to myself. And, and, and that was like, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm just going to make things happen. I'm just, I know what to do. I know, I know how I can serve people. And, and I'm just going to go back and I, I, can, I know how to over-function and, 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 and serve others. And, and I know how to do that. And I'm going to take, it's just, I just got to take control. That is not helpful either. It was causing problems in my own life. And when I couldn't handle going back and forth between my need for control, my sense of inadequacy and insecurity, I'd cry out to God, why won't you heal me? I just want, like, expecting that, 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 that the solution is, God, heal me from these temptations. Heal me from these struggles, these wounds and these desires in my heart and my life that, I need, that, 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 that are compulsively there, that drive me to anxiety, that drive me to people, please, that drive me... To self-indulgence and seeking my comfort. Heal me, God. The solution is that these things would go away. Maybe you've prayed that prayer as well. The solution is like, the Lord, take this away from my life. Make me me not feel these things anymore. The solution is that that then I I, I don't have any struggles. And I thought, that's what God's work is. That's how it looks. I don't have any struggles. 
That's the way, that's what, that's what I'm supposed to pursue. And, and the Lord convicted me and all of the, it was a powerful moment of realizing my desire to be free from these, these, these weaknesses that just plague my soul and my mind on a daily basis. These temptations I struggle with, my, 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 my pursuit of being free from these things was actually a pursuit of being free from God. I wanted to be self-sufficient. God, God revealed that, that, that my desire to feel free, my desire to not struggle, was really self-centered. It was about me being independent of God. Now bear with me. Paul had kind of a moment like this. Last week I shared this, this, this scripture with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 12, excuse me, says this. Paul pleaded with God to remove this thing called a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it was, but it was a vulnerability. It was a struggle. It was a weakness. And God says to, to, to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses. So that Christ's power May reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is this isn't kind of your popular self-help kind of psychology, friends, right? We want to feel strong in and of ourselves. We, we don't like that sense of, of I, I, this morning I'm feeling anxious and like, I don't know, I, I don't know how it's going to go up there. I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold it together. I'm feeling anxious inside. I feel vulnerable. We like that feeling of being in control. And Jesus reveals That's just not reality. I am your strength. And I always was meant to be. We, in our weakness, our weakness is reality. Our struggle with sin is reality. Our brokenness, that's reality. In a sinful world, We will not be taken higher. We will not be taken farther. We will not find fullness. We will not find wholeness or healing until we come to cast ourselves on Jesus. That your power, it's Christ's power in us. That's where our security comes from. That's where our satisfaction comes from. And I had to be convicted of that. It's kind of like a conversion moment of his grace is enough. He sees me. He knows me in all my filth, in all my struggles, in all my brokenness and weakness. He knows the worst about me. He knows the worst about you. And he loves you anyways. Is that not good news? Not only that, does he know the worst? He doesn't tell you, now figure it out. Come on, get with it. Clean yourself up. Pull yourself up. No. He says, let me live in you. Let me lift you up. And like a two-year-old kid with her parent, like we have to tell him, like, no, let me help you. And like, no, I don't want it. I'm going to do it myself. 
But the same with God and in, 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 in that he's, he, he wants to do the work in us. And we would just want to be independent of him. And he's saying, rest and receive me. I want to do a work. As I experience this, this has is, this is brought me to a place I'm still learning, friends. And in this learning place of staying raw, staying vulnerable with God. Not seeking to numb myself to these struggles, my brokenness, to my sinfulness. Not, not seeking to disconnect and escape through whatever it may be. You know, busyness is one of the big ways that we in, in the United States disconnect ourselves from God. Dis, and, 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 and numb our souls. It, it's been said an acronym for busy. Some of you already know this. Busy, B-U-S-Y. Being under Satan's yoke. It's one of the things Satan will use. We, 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 we're, we're consumed with doing so many things. We're doing good things, but we're not doing. We're not being children of God. And therefore, we're not doing actually the most important things. Did you know that good things can be the enemy of the best, but we're not doing the best? And, and, and we feel in our souls. So we're busy and we're anxious and, 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 and we gotta, we got to escape from the busyness then when we go into something else that numbs our souls. But what if, friends, we were, we were led by the gospel, by Jesus Christ. We were led by conviction and not this, 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 this horrible cycle or yo-yo effect of going back and forth between being driven by compulsion and anxiety or driven by our pursuit of comfort, we were led by conviction. What if? This is a piece that, that the Lord has on my heart in leading us to this place. And following the Lord, really. I'm not leading. I'm just following the, our, our king. And he wants to show himself to us. He wants to satisfy you. He wants to free you and cleanse you and me. He, there's more for us, friends. And it's through this deep dependence on Jesus Christ. What this practically looks like in my life was looking at realizing I need to receive my limits. I know I'm not Jesus, but sometimes I act like I think I'm Jesus. And I try to be your savior. I try to rescue and I, I try to respond to texts and, and messages as, as immediately as I can. You know, I love a clean email box. Any of you love that? Like, I love to make sure they're red. And like, I don't like accumulating things or text. I don't like that. I, I, that, I, 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 I want to have things all completely done because that stresses me. You know what? That also gets in the way of me doing the most important things. It also gets in the way of me resting in the Lord and trusting he's working for you. He's working in you. I had to realize you don't need me. You need Jesus. Did you guys know that? Did you know that? I'm still learning that. You don't need me. You need Jesus. I, you know, two lies my, my therapist confronted me with is the tendency for me and for us pastors to believe we're, we're, we're irreplaceable and we're invincible. I still think I'm invincible sometimes. Ugh. I can do all of it, Jesus. I can't. I can't. In receiving my limits... What, it's, what I'm finding, it drives me to be more of a man of prayer. Because I can't do it all. Jesus has to do it. I can't be there for all y'all. Jesus has to do it. 
I can't, I can't help y'all experience the kind of change and transformation that Jesus wants to do in your lives. There's so much more. I can't do it, but he can. And it drives me to my knees in prayer. If I don't accept my limits, I found the Lord convicted. If I don't accept my limits, I don't get to see miracles because I'm trying to be God. And they will never happen. If we don't accept our limits in life, if we don't cast ourselves in dependence on the Lord, if we're not in prayer for our family members, for God to do a work in us, in our, in our work life, in our family life, in our home, if we don't cast ourselves upon him and depend on him, you will not, we will not see miracles happen. Because you're trying to depend on yourself. Or you're running away. You know what I'm saying? There's more, friends. God wants to do and show us more. That's good news, right? May we, you can jump to the next slide there. May we not avoid the, 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 the presence of these things in our, in our lives, these things that we're tempted to just run from, hide from, ignore, numb ourselves to, let them compel us to come to Christ and receive the power that created the universe and that raised Jesus from the dead at work in us. That power is what he offers you and I. May we not run. May we not hide. May we trust he is good. Friends, he's good. You don't have to protect yourself from him. He is good. If he wants to remove something from your life, if he wants to heal and touch something in your life, it's because he's good and he knows what's best. We can trust him. It's hard. We can go this road together. I need your help. Because already being back just two weeks, I'm tempted to go back to my old way. We got to do this together. Let's cast ourselves upon our Savior. Let's depend radically upon Him. Let's receive, let's rest in His work in us and through us. When we feel out of control, the, the purpose isn't for us to feel control. That's not the solution. It's for Him to have control over you and me. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on forward here. I'm, as I've shared with you all this journey, I'm just starting. But I'm excited. The Lord was impressing upon me as in this new season, he wants to take us deeper. I don't know about you, I want to go deeper. I want more than what I've been going through and living for myself and living on my, in my own strength. I want to know him. I want to know, like Paul said, I want to know the power of the resurrection, but I got to know the crucifixion first before I know the resurrection. Will you join me? Will you help me? Will we come to all that he has for us? If God has stirred in your hearts this morning, it stirs them things up where, where you're, you're needing to let go, you're struggling to, to let go, receive him in, in whatever situation you're in, 
trusting him to be weak. Let's pray. Let's go together to seek the Father. I can't fix you, but he will fill you. Let's go to the Lord. Jesus, you are so good. You are so satisfying. Lord, the hard thing for us is that we we have satisfied ourselves in so many different ways. We don't even realize all the ways in which we numb our souls. We avoid silence. We avoid stillness. We avoid rest. And we keep ourselves from hearing you. We keep ourselves from your leading and and convicting us that we might be free, that you might replace those things, these these things that we cling to that we think are going to get us through, Lord God, or or, or, or the the, the fear that we have that if we trust, it's going to get worse. Or you don't have good things. God, let us us receive from you, Lord God. Help us to find Jesus. That it's not in our sense of pride. It's not in our sense of, I've got this. That is the solution. It's not in our sense of control. Those things are illusions. And they're lies from the enemy. Lord God, may we consider, may may we be compelled, Lord, to seek to be strong in you, to be filled in you, to know you, Jesus. To pray that radical prayer, Lord, our sins testify against us. Act. Do whatever it takes, O God. For your name's sake. Be lifted up, Jesus, in our hearts and our lives. That we might have more of you and that you have more of us. In your name we pray. Amen.